0: Welcome back to the Breakside Podcast, here for episode 27. This is your ultimate destination for in-depth, collegiate and professional Frisbee discussions and interviews. I'm your host, David Adamitis. Tonight's guest plays for the Atlanta Hustle and was named to the AUDL First Team All-Defensive this past season. He also plays for the mixed club team, Nashville Shine. In addition, he was named the 2023 Callahan Award winner. Introducing Justin Burnett. Justin, how you doing? Thanks for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm doing really well.
0: Well, awesome. This is it's quite the treat you have quite the resume here, but you know, the first thing I kind of want to get into here is that Callahan Award winner. Such an honor and that Callahan Award for those out there, you know, name, basically is the MVP for, you know, the college scene of ultimate frisbee. Such an award, such a you know honor I'm sure to receive that. just walk me through what it was like when you were named when you uh received that award back in may.
1: yeah, um I mean that was just an incredible experience all the way around. you know I've been playing ultimate for a long time through high school, and so um i've've known about the Heisman for a long time have you know looked up to several high uh not Heisman excuse me mm-hmm. Callahan. Yeah have uh, looked up to several Callahan winners, been watching videos, you know, and so it was always kind of a far out there dream of mine. Um, I never really expected um, to win, but it was, it was definitely a huge dream, huge honor. Um, yeah, it probably hasn't completely set in.
0: Definitely, I can imagine there. You mentioned, you say you obviously wasn't didn't quite expect it was there a point during this you know your senior year where you thought maybe I could attain this could have received this award or did it really just hit you out of the blue
1: I'd say probably probably like the week after my Callahan video dropped um I like I I of course knew that my team Emery Juice was was working on the video because you know I that that's just what the what the team does. Um, and so i was I knew that it it was in works, but I was completely out of that loop. Um, and so the drop was a surprise to me. and the week after it dropped, like just the amount of traction and views it got and the comments and things were just like so overwhelmingly like positive and like, wow, this is awesome. And I was like, man, this is this is a lot like more traction than I've seen even like, you know, big schools Callahan videos get. Like <laughs> I, this might actually be a real, a real um, kind of Callahan campaign, I guess.
0: That's really special. And obviously so much love coming from your team there that's that's a really cool thing and looking back i think a lot of players probably look at their college days and say that was a lot of fun you know the, you're basically doing life with your teammates you know going to class getting meals together spending hours practicing tell me about what it was like playing with with Emory Juice there just all those years and i'm sure great memories of frisbee what was that like for you
1: oh well, yeah um emory juice is, is the best team in the country hands down um and and it's just an incredible, incredible organization. Um, i say our, our, our team culture is, is second to none. It's just, it's very inclusive, inviting, welcoming. Um, but we have fun like that's at the end of the day, as we say, the juice is loose. You know, <laughs> we're always having the most fun on the ultimate field and playing good ultimate while we're at it. And have the best jerseys in the game so you know it was just an incredible four years I still you know I talk to people on the team now Um, I'm not still in Atlanta unfortunately but I try to stay as involved as possible you know watching the results and everything it's it's just such an incredible organization Um, and I was I was really happy to be a part of it
0: that's neat, and, and your you know your walk of life that you're in now, you can get to cheer on and, and root for those guys that you you know put blood, sweat, and tears in for several years. So, yeah. you know, best of success to Emory Juice there. But you go from receiving the Callahan Award in May of this past um, this past summer here, past spring, to being named to the first team All A D L, um, the defensive team for for the A U D L here, which is quite the honor. And you racked up, I think it was 21 blocks this season. And you, you were finished third overall in the entire league for amount of blocks in a in a game in a season. So congratulations to that honor. But walk me through your vision on the field because it's so much to do with reading the disc, reading the the play, the throw. Um, it it comes down to such high field IQ for just to you know get so many blocks like that. Walk me through what it's like for you on the field. Kind of how do you see it to to receive so many blocks in a game?
1: Um yeah, I mean I think you you said it really well. It comes down to vision. Um, you know, being able to see and um kind of assess the whole field, you know, AUDL, obviously the field's a lot bigger. Um so defense kind of defense kind of gets harder, which is why they had to reduce the stall count. But um it's about seeing that field and kind of knowing your Player or your assignment if you're not necessarily playing person to where when I'm playing ultimate and I'm on defense, I'm always, I'm, I'm not that concerned with where my player is. Obviously, you not know, want to be in a good position to where they are right now, but I'm more concerned with like where they're going to be a threat. Um, and so, you know, if my players in the stack, that's not a threatening position most of the time, you know, the majority of the time. Um, so I'm looking, I'm checking in with the disc. Um, I'm checking in with the other cutters or handlers movement to see where the flow of play is going. And so I can, instead of reacting to my um, the uh, player's movements, I can kind of predict and pro proactively like position myself so that if a throw goes up I have good play or just the throw never goes up because they see that it's it's being defended Um, and so it really is for me at least all about vision and then just taking shots Um, (laughs) it's not a term you often see on defense of like you know you miss 100% of the shots you don't take but kind of that's the that's the approach that I have where, um, there's like a lot of plays that you'll probably never see on any like highlight reel or anything where I, you know, lay out and miss, or I go for a block, don't get it, and I'm out of position. Um, and those things happen because I'm all a firm believer in like taking those shots. Um, there's like, there's a, there's a time to be like conservative and to play where it's like, I'm not going to like give up any big plays, but in general, my, my kind of game plan is to, is to go after any like good opportunity I see and then um, kind of use my athleticism and, um, and awareness of the field to try to recover if I, if I don't get them. Um, But I think, you see the results and how many blocks I get that oftentimes that works out for me.
0: I think so many of the things you're talking about right now are like soft skills within frisbee. You think of hard skills, like being able to throw a certain way or being able to cut well, but this field vision idea, it's, it's a soft skill in frisbee. It's things like this that make a, a good player, a great player. Are there certain you know, drills or experiences that you've had that's really helped you develop yourself into this type of player?
1: Hmm, it's a good question. I'd say, I'd say because, yeah, these are kind of softer skills. I think a lot of it is experience. You know, like I said, I've been playing a long time. I started in middle school. And so I think that that is definitely a big asset to me over like people who, um, you know, like most people started in college or, maybe even um like, like late in high school. Um, I do think that um, as far as like as far as like um kind of surveying the field and um and and building field like field IQ, I think that watching film is not really drill. That I would do but I think that watching film would be a really is a really great way to do that um, to build that field IQ and to kind of understand how players and how the flow of play moves um, you know like I said experience is the best teacher number one but obviously you can't gain experience quicker than anyone else you know you can't fit a year of ultimate into a shorter time period so it's like that just has to take time but watching film is essentially a way to get free experience by living vicariously through others so you can see like oh okay so I see like the disc moved here like um, in a lot of these films that I'm watching right regardless of the team when the disc moves here people like to do this cutters like to respond like that um, and now you know that going into when you play.
0: I'm one of those players you mentioned that didn't get into Ultimate Frisbee until college. So, you know, watching film my own life has been huge, especially as a team trying to scout out another team. It's such a benefit, gives you an edge up and awareness of what goes on in the field. But in your situation, you you mentioned this once or twice already now, as you started playing Frisbee when you were very young, which is pretty uncommon. How do you get into this sport when you were so young?
1: Yeah, I'm definitely thankful I, I discovered it quite early on. Um I I can't claim credit for actually discovering it. Um I have an older brother and um we both play travel baseball. Um and he's two years older than me and he quit baseball around the same time that I would later quit baseball <laughs> like like two years or a year and a half ahead of me. Um Pretty much for, you know, a lot of the reasons that travel baseball sucks, you know, coaches and toxic environment, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And so our dad was like, well, you have to play a sport. And so to this day, I actually have no idea how he found Ultimate. Um, (laughs) I think he did some Google searching or might have known somebody who like played it at PE or something. But he was like, okay yeah, dad this is the sport I'm going to play. Um, and obviously my dad had zero idea of what it was, but um, he was like, cool. And so my brother started playing. Um, and so, you know, fast forward a year and a half later, when I eventually quit baseball again, for the same reasons, you know, toxic coach, like just bad environment, um, I switched to ultimate. And that was, um, I think seventh grade in middle school. Shout out Henderson Middle School, um, Coach Fred, Fred Privia, and um, and never looked back from there. I just fell in love with the sport.
0: It's amazing how one decision can have such a impact in where your life goes, right? Because seventh yeah. grader, and now you're, how old are you now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> now I've graduated you, college.
0: So. Just graduated college, right? You're, you're, you know, you're doing this. It's been years and years of ultimate and so many different levels, you know receiving that Callahan award when you're in college playing for the Atlanta Hustle, playing for the club team in Nashville, you you've done so much at a very young age in the sport and that's that's incredible to see. You know, coming off this really good season we've been talking about that you had with the Hustle, you know, finishing 3rd overall for blocks in the AUDL, receiving that all-team uh, honors. What are your goals, what are your aspirations for the next pro season?
1: Yeah, I think that um some of my goals are personal, some of my team obviously we missed and I think that uh definitely a big goal is championship weekend. Um and a championship frankly. Uh, as far as personal goals, you know, first and blocks would be nice, but um I also um, I also want to like get a little more involvement and recognition on on the offensive side of the disc. Um, I know you've had, you've had Brett Holzmeier, um, on, on this podcast. And I listened to that episode and, um, last season he and I had a a pretty friendly kind of competition to see who had the most blocks. Um, and, um, he obviously played most of his points on offense. So it's impressive the amount of blocks that he got. But uh, when we had our kind of hustle award ceremony, I told him um, that next year he, he was the hustle MVP and I was next year. I'm I'm going to be the hustle MVP. That's what I'm coming for next. Um, so I think that's, that's a goal for me within the team is to, is to be the hustle MVP. Um, and, you know, Um, I think that that requires and like denotes like a little more involvement on the offensive side of the disc as well as like continuing to dominate defensively. So I think that's my goal.
0: Definitely. Shout out Brett Holzmeier there. Great guy. Great teammate. I'm sure a little friendly competition never hurt, right? It only only fosters growth. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Definitely. Highly recommend those out there. Go check out Brett Holzmeier's episode. You hear some fantastic insight from his end. And I kind of want to shift a little bit here, you know, obviously no shame in saying this. I definitely looked at your Instagram before this interview to try to find some more information on you. And, and, you know, in the, in the main bio of your, of your Instagram, you had a quote saying, don't limit yourself. I'm sorry. You have two different quotes I want to mention here. One was in a caption of a post saying, don't limit yourself just because society says you should. And the other one is, this one is from the bio saying, I do not and will not fear tomorrow because I feel as though today has never been enough. And just reading, you know, reading those and getting a kind of a more holistic understanding of who you are. Just, I think this has a lot to do with like a mindset a person has. Can you just break down those quotes? What do they mean for you? And just what's your mindset as a person, as a player?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, well, the the quote in my bio will start with that. It's I do not and will not fear tomorrow because I though feel as though today has been enough. Um, that is actually a lyric that's from Zach Bryan, Fear and Friday's poem. Um, I I love Zach Bryan um, and that poem. Um, it's off his um, his last album. Um, and I, I absolutely love that because it's essentially, um, it goes on to say um, that fear is a lot like Fridays. They're both overdone and over-glorified and they always leave you wanting. Um, and yeah, I think that that kind of is a mindset. I My Instagram bio is always like some song lyric. It changes whenever I feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> and so right now, this is kind of the one that's, speaking to me where I'm just like, um, I try not to worry too much, um, about the future. Like I I plan for the future. I, um, you know, I get excited for the future sometimes, but I, I like to live where I am, live in the present. And I think that, you know, I, I focus on being in today and, and getting, you know, getting my satisfaction from where I am right now whatever that may be um and so I, I I do think that that's kind of like a a mindset for me I also just love that um that song which you know isn't really a song it's just him kind of reading the poem but I love that as far as <laughs> you really went deep dive uh on my Instagram here.
0: <laughs> you got a lot of good, a um, lot of exciting stuff on that. Oh, a <laughs> lot, of, lot of good frizzy content as well. So yeah, <laughs> go check I, out um, Justin on Instagram. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, don't ever limit yourself because society says you should. Um, that actually comes from my birthday post. Um, yeah, earlier you asked how old I, I am. I'm 21. I just turned 21 a couple months ago. Um, and so, um, obviously, or maybe not obviously for those who aren't familiar, but, um, just with the American educational system, um, the kind of typical thing is you graduated 18 from high school. Um, and then if you go to a four year college, like I did, then you would graduate college at 22, um, or, you know, 21 about to turn 22, essentially. And so, um, Yeah, so my, pretty much my whole life, um, I've been way ahead of that curve. I graduated high school at 16, um, and then graduated college at 20. Um, and so, like, I, if you noticed earlier, I didn't answer how old I was, um, when you asked how old I was, and that's because I, like, I've, you know, noticed over, of my whole life of being kind of ahead and, um, younger than I was supposed to be. Um, that it's often like, it's off like those kind of numbers and labels that, that people attach to us, whether or not it's like, it's age, it's gender, it's, you know, height, weight, like literally anything. Um, like it doesn't have to define you, we, you know, society has expectations for certain categories of people. Also, my degree was in sociology. So, you know, you're opening up a can of worms here but <laughs> by letting me talk about this. But, you know, pretty much just, yeah, like society, you know, has these boxes for depending on what categories you fit in based on these numbers. And they like to keep people in boxes and think about people as if they exist within the box. And so I'm, I've always just tried to not limit myself based on that, you know, not limit myself based on my age. Um, you know, there are a lot of people that were like, you shouldn't go to college at sixteen, like you're not gonna have a good time. Like you're not like, you know, you're not mature enough, like da 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 da. Um, and you know, I I mean, well, they were fall. they were wrong. <laughs> they were wrong. And so I like i had long promised myself that like You know, I never, it was actually kind of a running thing, like, throughout college, like, really, no, like, literally no one knew how old I was, um, except for, like, my closest friends. Like, no one, like, everyone would guess, and I kind of look older than I am, but I I always told myself on my 21st birthday um, that I would, like, I would just kind of, like, brag on myself for a little bit, because I don't, like, I, you know, I'm confident, so, like, if you, you know, ask me and, like, are talking to me about stuff, I'm not going to act like I'm not good at Ultimate. I'm not, you know, really smart. Like, I'll say those things, but I'm not going to brag about it, you know? Um, I don't really like to talk about myself that much. So, I was like, on my 21st birthday, I'm going to brag about myself. And, yeah, I so I did that, and that's kind of what came from that.
0: That's awesome, though. I think, I think everything you've just encapsulated right there—it's very admirable. And you know, who says you know no no human is no human is limited? I think is a really powerful quote that you know it's resonated with me. It's you know why can't you just go out and accomplish these things? And you've done that with your life. You've accomplished so much, you know, in the time you've been out there. And you're, you are you know com- you exude confidence in who you are what you do, and you're good at it, like you said. So that's that's incredible mindset. I think a lot of us can learn from that. And I would think that that confidence and that mindset translates well to a Frisbee field as well, especially about the idea of like being present, right? You know, you had a bad throw, you know, you can't, you can't be stuck in that you have to focus on the next throw, the next play. And you can't worry about, you know, 10 plays down the road necessarily. You have to be present on the field. Can you just share a little bit more about what that's like for you kind of taking this everyday mindset you have and translating that to a competitive setting?
1: Yeah, good question. Um, I think that for me, like I'm also, I'm, I'm a very competitive person, you know, um, I like to compete. I like to, I like to win. And so, um, I like, I take a lot of personal stake in like whatever, you know, whatever I'm doing. Um, and so when I make a mistake, like, oh, that, you know, that's, that's, you know, I, I think about that in the moment, you know, I'm like, that was a mistake, but the best piece, probably the best sports related, maybe life related, I don't know, um, piece of advice or like coaching that I ever got. Um, I got at YCC, um, YCC in 20, in 2017 I want to say or or maybe it was 2018 um but it was it was one of those years um I think it was 2017 actually from my my former coach TJ Martin um and I was coached for T from by TJ for I think six straight years um he was the coach at Amory for my first two years and he was the coach of every YCCA team I was on for four years. Um, Fantastic coaching and guy. But we were at YCC and, um, and we were playing Bay Area, I remember, and I was guarding somebody at the front of the stack in the end zone. And he put me on, like, he made a good move, put me on his back shoulder, like went up line, um, you know, I laid out, like, um behind him, but missed, and he caught the goal, and I came off the field, and TJ was like, you know, that was great effort, but, like, you know, y- you shouldn't have been in that position, I was like, yeah, and he was like, so that's your one, right, and I was like, what, he's like, that's your one, right, you You can make that mistake and it's fine but don't make the same mistake twice right that's way more important than not making a mistake is learning from the mistake and growing and not making that one again that's your one right you get you get one of those types of mistakes um you know and that was to me i think about that like a lot of the time that I'm on the field is that's your one you know um when I make a mistake on the field I tell myself like that's your one I'm not going to get beat in that way or I'm not going to throw like that throw I'm not going to like turn it over in that way again like you know and that's kind of like you know it can be a game to game thing like you're like this game I'm no longer getting beat up line I got beat up line that's it that's the one you know, but it can also kind of be like a, in general, like, okay, you know what? Like, I've, un- I understand now how to guard up lines. I'm done getting beat up line, period. <laughs> like, and obviously, you know, there's going to be some really good ultimate players who are able to like, you know, beat you up line, but that's kind of the mentality that I've always had. Um, and then, so I think about that piece of advice a lot. Like, you know, that's your one. So I make a mistake. I put it behind me. And I learned from it. I'm like, what can I do better? But I'm not thinking about that anymore because I'm like, okay, that's past me. I had my one. It's over now. Let's move on.
0: It's so much more than just simply moving on from a mistake. It's learning from that mistake and then moving on from it. So that's incredible. A great piece of advice for you know every player out there that goes through. Everyone makes a mistake in a game, but it's how do you pick yourself up from that? So incredible advice there. And I think a mark of a a good player that's involved in the community is once someone is filled up, they then in turn, give back. And you're involved with something with kind of sharing the, you know, fundamentals of Frisbee, um, you know, program, the first ever uh, video series that AUDL put out, you were involved this project of just teaching the game to, to people out there. Can you share with me what this project was about and what it meant for you to be a part of that?
1: Yes, yeah, so I think you're referring to the AUDL um fundamentals of ultimate video series that just came out I think this week or last week. Um and yeah, it was um very very cool. Pretty much um so Matt Smith um who obviously is an amazing player for the hustle um and just an amazing person in general. Um he also, he, he worked for the AUDL um, and pretty much was tasked with putting together this video series about just the basics of ultimate to kind of teach to people who, you know, might be just getting into the sport and looking for online resources to help teach kids the sport, because um, like we talked about earlier, not Many people get into the sport as young as I did in middle school, even like you know, trying to go to elementary school or whatever. But that's when most kids start to play sports is that elementary school, middle school stage. So the next kind of logical step for ultimate growth is getting into that market, you know, starting to bring ultimate to younger and younger ages. And so the AUDL which is really focused on like growing the sport is trying to put that together with this video series that kind of is designed to teach the fundamentals, throwing, catching, um, some drills to kids, to youth. Um, and so I, the, the way I got into it is because I, I worked with the AUDL or not with the AUDL with the hustle, um, for like, for two, for two years, pretty much, um, coaching at their summer camps, the hustle has summer camps throughout the summer, like, um, kind of general day camps at different locations around Atlanta. And then also their hustle futures Academy, which unfortunately my schedule has never worked to be a part of, but I worked several of their camps. And so, um, kind of Matt Smith has been the point person for that. And so that's kind of where, um, I got the the foot in the door of that, and so he asked me um, to kind of come out and um, kind of like half like help supervise the kids that were out there because they had you know several kids who were out there, um, and then also it's like hey, how would you feel about you know being on the mic and like doing actually some some work on the camera? And I was like, yeah, sure, that that sounds really awesome. So um, I think that that all happened kind of this past summer. And so it was really, really cool to see it come out. Um, it looks great. I've looked at all the videos. Um, and I'm really excited about it because like working with the youth, that's like, that's my passion. That's what I do for like, you know, actual work besides playing professional ultimate. Um, and so, um, I'm really excited to like be a part of this, this kind of project that hopefully will make Ultimate more accessible to younger and younger um, players. Um, it was just, it was a really cool, cool thing. And I'm excited to kind of see it go forward from here.
0: Such an opportunity. You mentioned so many times, just the growth of the sport comes from the grounds up. It's a grassroots movement, you know, you're starting with the youth. And from there, you just see a more talented more experienced group of frisbee players just grow through, you know, the different levels of high school, college, and so on. So an amazing opportunity there. And you get to be in turn, this role model, this face to so many other players experiencing frisbee for the first time, which is really cool. I think we all need, you know, inspiration or a role model in different avenues of our lives. Has there ever been anyone in particular within the sport of frisbee that's Kind of been an inspiration or a role model for you as you've you know discovered this game and gotten better at it.
1: Um, definitely a lot of a lot of people that have been inspirations, role models. Um, I already talked about like you know, um, two of my coaches, um, Fred Perivier, who was you know my middle school and high school coach, um, and TJ Martin, who was a uh, who was my YCC coach and college coach for a while. Um, who definitely both um, were really great um, for my development and for, like, my love of the game and kind of how I play and think about things. Um, I would say as far as, like, uh, players that I was um, or am inspired by, like, motivated by, I kind of, like, I want to imitate some of those things. Um, Definitely a big one was... Um, Khalif El Salaam, um, when I was in high school, I was watching his, his, you know, college highlights, his Callahan, um, all that other stuff. I was like, man, this, this player, like, plays a lot like me. He, like, he's like fired up. He's clearly like super athletic. Um, like, man, I, I really loved watching uh, Khalif El Salam. And I mean, it was Incredible uh, last year with hustle to be teammates, um, even if we only played one one game together. Um, but it was incredible experience to like actually like get to meet him and like be teammates, and kind um, of come first circle at club nationals um, this past year, um, or like not this past year, this October. Um, we actually shine. Nashville Shine got to actually play mixtape, and so I actually got to play against Khalif and um, and mark up on him on the ultimate field, and so that was an incredible kind of moment for me um, to kind of like meet like not just meet and like play with, but play against kind of one of my inspirations on the ultimate field. So I definitely put him up there along with like. And coaches, and there's a lot of other people I can mention, but I think that's like a big one for me.
0: I think it's so important just to to have someone else you can follow, or like you said, you, you recognize a certain style of play, and you can learn so much from people like that. So thanks for sharing that, and Justin, this kind of brings us to the close of this interview though. I want to open it up. Is there anything else you'd like to share?
1: I would just say like, you know, my my kind of approach to ultimate is always like. Um, just keep evolving, um, you know, just keep evolving, um, if, you know, and, and play, play with a chip on your shoulder because that's, that's what I do. You know, I, um, I go out and I'm, I'm always, um, I'm always prepared to be, uh, like I don't know if I would say prepared. I'm always I will take anything as I guess the best, you know, I, I really can't say it better than Jordan or just like I take I take things personally. You know, um I I take the the lack of coverage of like of other facets of my game, besides the fact that I'm a highlight reel player, I take that as as disrespect. Um, You know, I take um, the, like, if they don't put the best player on me, on their team, on me, I take that as as disrespect, you know, if, um, you know, like, if uh, someone scores on me, I take that as disrespect, Um, and not in like a, oh now i'm actually mad at you and i'm going to like you know shove you i won't you know name names but um but in like a hey that's a motivator like wow now, now i'm now i'm locked in now i'm going to really really play great because you know what i got a chip on my shoulder and i like being the underdog um and that's that's kind of how how i play um but then after the game, you know, that's over and I'm, I'm friends. And I, um, I think that that's kind of, that's kind of like my best kind of, my best kind of summary of, of how I play is that on the field, I feel disrespected, but it doesn't go further than on the field. You know what I'm saying? Um,
0: I love it. You leave everything out in the field, right? As it should be. <laughs> Justin, thank you. Thank you so much for everything you've shared. It's been, you know, honestly a great honor to have you here so much about mindset and mentality, just gritty, being gritty out in the field and playing the heart out. So I just appreciate you, everything you've shared and your time with me here tonight. Just thank you for being on the podcast.
1: Oh, definitely thank you for having me. Thank you for reaching out. It's definitely a very cool experience. And um, I, I, I like the podcast a lot, so it's good to be on it.
0: Thank you. I appreciate. And as always, make sure you check out the Breakside Instagram at Breakside underscore podcast and check out the Nashville Shine and AUDL Atlanta Hustle to follow Justin's teams. And that brings us to the end of episode 27. This is David Adamitis with Justin Burnett. Thanks for listening. Have a great night.